You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. This week on Carly's Couch, we're talking about how to deal with your thoughts and relationships with others whenever you are in your healing journey. Buenos dias. Welcome to Carly's Couch. Hey, y'all. How y'all feeling today? How y'all doing? Happy Monday, because we know y'all tuning in on a Monday. (laughs) Yeah. What better way to get your week started than with podcasts? I um, have a few podcasts where I always am like checking um, every other day to see like if something news dropping on good and well that they have a you know a schedule um, but we appreciate everybody who listens and who keeps up with the episodes um, let us know what your favorite episode has been recently um, that's always good to know as we prepare new episodes for you um, and this week we got a comment from a listener which sparked this episode. So we love the feedback. We love to know that you're thinking about us when you see other things that we can talk about. Yeah. And I mean, it's great because, you know, we're both brilliant, obviously, but um, sometimes it's like hard. Like, I don't really feel like talking about nothing today. So we do appreciate the questions. Also, someone this week told me that he fell asleep listening to our podcast. And I was like, oh, I see you like, you know, getting into your cerebral and your subconscious. Uh, Oh, that was a compliment. Huh. So we, no, he was like, yeah, he was like, it was so peaceful. He was oh. like, I was learning and stuff. And well, that don't sound cool to me. Like, shout out falling asleep on me. <laughs> Just at the end. Well, if you listen to it at the end of the night. Um, but I remember um, Nipsey used to talk about he would fall asleep to podcasts and things because supposedly whenever you're sleeping and you're listening to stuff, your brain is still absorbing everything. So Yeah, it's actually not letting you get good sleep, but we'll talk about that another day. For sure. <laughs> um, but shout out to Hi Ashley A for hitting us and giving us this week's topic. So um, she sent us a real on Instagram about interacting with others whenever you're in the midst of your healing journey. Um, And then she said, pardon if y'all have touched on this, but could be a good subject to dive into Uh, changes either of you have made and the impact it had on how you view things, but also having the patience to know your journey isn't everyone else's. And the real was about part of healing being knowing that you can't determine if or when other people in your life will change. So you're changing, you're healing, you feel like you're doing the work. And I say feel like because to me that's part of the caveat of the conversation. But you feel like you're changing and that there's folks around you who aren't necessarily. How do you deal with that? That's what we're addressing, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And it struck true to me because on my own journey, I've noticed like, you know, my different relationships in the different stages of my healing journey, which I'm still very much in the midst of. I don't really think it ever ends. I think your bounce back time just gets better. Um, But the first thing that really came to mind for me when I was thinking about, you know, my attachment to others or like being able to determine if and when they'll change was like my relationship with my mom. And that's really what got me, you know, kind of started like, oh man, that's a, that's a good topic because nobody really ever talks about when you're in the midst of healing, like how your relationships start to change and how you start to change in your relationships and what happens in those. Mm -hmm. And what are some ways that your relationships start to change? Um, I feel like you start to notice more so much like we talk about like if you talk about something you start to see it more often if you start to learn about you know toxic positivity all of a sudden you're gonna start seeing it everywhere if you start Mm -hmm. to learn about like oh all my trauma I think that's how we also get buzzwords in this industry like people latch on to something and then it just becomes a thing that you start to see everywhere um 
So that's one of them is like you start to notice it probably more in other people. Um, and you could start to get judgy of them. Notice what the issues mm-hmm. like that issues. you're dealing with. Yeah. Mm. That's the one thing that I, I which is say. interesting because when you're going through those things, why is it so hard to have like the same kind of empathy or, or understanding of like somebody dealing with those same types of issues? I guess because now it's like one of the biggest things is that you may feel like these people owe you um, better communication. They owe you um, healing, uh, especially if we're talking about family. Like you mentioned that, I mean, your family member, uh, and that's kind of valid for a parent to feel like they owe you a certain level of love, care, respect, et cetera. Um, A close friend, somebody you're in a relationship with, et cetera. Uh, I think a lot of times that feeling of like, I'm the only one doing this, they're not doing that, kind of comes from this idea that, okay, I'm going through this journey and why aren't they? But at the end of the day, your healing journey isn't about other people. And so to me, that just really signifies that there's still more healing that you have to do. Obviously, like you said, you're never done. But now what you kind of still have to heal is healing the letting go. And healing, listening to yourself and having the insight of what decisions are you going to make about your life and what you do and who you interact with and who you do things with that's in accordance with what you're learning about your healing. And so I, I think, I don't know if this is not too cut and dry, but I feel that um, a lot of times what's happening is while we are learning about ourselves and learning um, about wow, why am I like this? Or, or why am I reacting a certain way to other people and what they're doing? Um, what we're now struggling with is actually changing the actions um, and changing the actual relationships, which may not need to exist anymore or definitely not in the same way. And so we spend that time still trying to control an outcome and still trying to control other people, um, which is a dangerous thing as well. And sorry, I'm like talking and talking, but uh, recently I was just reading... Um, no, I listened to a podcast the other day about narcissistic relationships. But then in listening to it, I'm like, why do we always like read about or hear about um, narcissistic people and them trying to manipulate you and blah, blah, blah. But you're reading these articles and you're listening to these things because low key, you want to kind of control how that person acts with you. You wish they did something different. You wish they were listening to you. You wish blah, 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 blah. And I looked it up and I started doing research and there's two different types of narcissism. And one of them is being that victim and being that person who is like, you're still there and you're hoping that things are different or you turn the spotlight and things back on you because, well, but why are you doing this to me and blah, blah, blah. And so that's still showcasing and putting a spotlight on you as things you still need to figure out and heal if you're not okay with letting people be where they are in the first place. That's the long and the short of it. And I'm glad you talked about the victim mentality because that's a big thing. Like a lot of people gain their identity in that um, and how, you know, people have hurt you and wronged you, which may be very valid. I'm not saying that it's not and that there's not things to heal. But when you let that become your identity, you can fall into the narcissism of it. Um, But the biggest takeaway from what you just said was that. The only thing we really can control is our actions and relationships. And so maybe something to think about on your healing journey, if you find yourself too preoccupied with other people and what they're doing and what they're not doing and how they're not on your level and reading the books and listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. girl, maybe <laughs> it's right here. No, it's all right. I just dropped a piece of jewelry. But um, I, I figured 
<laughs> but maybe anytime you find yourself focusing externally, just turn that back to you, all that love, all that attention, all that energy. And I have a big example of it, like with my mom. So um, me and my mom's relationship has healed a bunch and a lot of it she credits. So it's not even me tooting my own horn, but my mom credits it to my healing journey because I learned that, oh, I need better boundaries in my relationships. I instituted them with her. At first she bucked back, didn't like it. We didn't talk for a few months and then she got it together and we figured it out, you know, and we started doing these things. But if I had been so hung up on her not respecting my boundaries mm -hmm. and not doing this and not doing that, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so although healing does change relationships people can either get with it or get gone and that I mean just kind of is what it is yeah one of the most important things that I've learned over time is that based off of what you're saying about not being able to control other people you have to let other people meet you where you are in a healthy place so if you're truly focused on you being in a healthy place that might mean what you're saying about letting this, this person go or not responding to them or setting your boundaries essentially for what makes the most sense for you. In that case, a person is either going to stay where they are, which is fine. Why would you want to be like reversed back into a, an unhealthy space just to keep a relationship? Um, they're either going to stay where they are or they are going to start to notice and do the work because if that relationship is important to them as well, then they will start to do some kind of efforts. And you'll never see other people put in effort or grow, I guess, as relates to your particular circumstance with that person, right? Like you don't know what else they got to heal from or what's going on with their life a lot of times. Um, but if you don't leave that space, then like there, there's nowhere for them to go. And so instead of, this goes with like in a broader in a broader space but like instead of like texting this person like hey you know you're not doing this or can you do this or blah, blah blah like just stop talking to them like move on you have to do what's best for you if you're healing you're doing what's best for you and then if that person like dad I do kind of miss this person and then they reach out to you then you can go from there but like that's so much extra weight on your shoulders and it's over responsible of you to be trying to push that on other people I for sure have a lot a lot a lot of um, examples and experience of trying to get other people to change and like you know it's like you're trying to get them to see something have you ever you probably have Carly but have you ever um been like looking up something but like for somebody else like for sure you're like dang like all right how to better uh like forgive or apologize or whatever it might be right and it's like you trying to look up stuff like man, how can they figure this out and and it's like you want to send them stuff or listen to this podcast or do that and it's like that falls on deaf ears because they're not looking for that unless they ask you um and so it's like why do all that when you can stop and this is what i kind of start doing now is like i just stop a think about like why am i looking at this and then B, think about what's the reality of the situation right now with our relationship with whoever this person is. And C, like, okay, what do I need to be doing? And, like, let them live their life type thing. Um, yeah, and, like, it, it'll come around when it needs to come around. Like, it's just so much better to just, like, not do that extra work for no reason. Agreed. And I'm saying all this, like, being pretty deep into my healing journey. Um, I've been learning how to love myself for 10 years, like dedicated, like it was actually a goal of mine. Um, and so it might not be easy in the beginning to notice when you're doing these things, but anytime you catch yourself being more externally focused, um, that's a sign to tune back into yourself. Anytime that you're trying to change somebody, 
tune it back into yourself and also notice when that happens because part of your healing might be unlearning the identity that you're supposed to be the person saving everybody like being over responsible in any capacity for other people their thoughts their actions their emotions whatever is a trauma response and I only you know I noticed that in myself and so that's like a big 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 healing space and so maybe these things that you're noticing how you're viewing other people or you get caught up in relationships are just signifiers of other things for you to heal like things come up whenever you're ready to address them and so as they come up along your healing journey as you start to notice you know those are things you can add to your therapy list or you can add to look up for yourself or to work on or to set better boundaries for mm-hmm and then most of the things we are worried about with other people are projections from ourselves, too. So another thing I'll do is if I'm thinking about, like, what somebody else is doing and, like, too worried about other people's business is, like, think about, like, all right, where am I at with this? Mm. Um, even, like, recently, like, I'll if I'm disappointed in somebody or, like, they said they were going to do something and they didn't do it or, you know, what I wish they would do or something like that, um, I'm like, man, people are so disappointing. And then I always, like, kind of stop and think about, like, man, I disappoint a lot of people, too. <laughs> like, and I can think of, like, straight examples. I'm like, I don't always do everything I say I'm going to do either, right? And and so I try to, like, have empathy in that way. And and by just quickly doing that, I now have kind of de-escalated my, like, feeling disappointed in somebody else and just realizing, like, like, real world, like, if this is not something that's, like, life or death or, you know, it might be serious, whatever you're talking about. But um, if it's not really, really that deep put in perspective, it's like, you know what? People mess up and I'm going to let them mess up on their own without feeling like I have to do something about that. Um, and now what do I need to do moving forward um, in this situation? If I know if somebody is showing you, hey, I'm not changing a thing or if they're showing you, hey, I'm this trauma or this whatever is still a big part of my life and I'm I'm not haven't figured it out yet. Or if they're showing you like I'm not going to meet you where you are and you have to be like, OK, like. What do you need to do for yourself? Um, absolutely. And I think, like I said, I, I think it's a lot easier to say than to do. And this is from a lot of practice. But also noticing when you think you know better than somebody else, what they need to do for their life, check yourself. Because you mm -hmm. can't know all the intricacies and nuances of what it takes to be somebody else. No matter how much you love them, no matter how close you are to them, your partner, your mom, your best friend, whoever, you don't always know what's best for people. And when you start to do that, like that actually pushes people away when you always feel like you know what's better for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like this self-righteous side of healing that not a lot of people talk about. Like we can start to be real judgy, start to feel like we know better, or, you know, since we're putting in the work can start to look at others and that's another sign like stop looking around and judging other people mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff you projecting and need to work on for yourself yeah it can get real self-righteous real quick and like often I will be like on Twitter and like you know how you see somebody you know they're tweeting something and you're like all right like you don't you don't really do that yourself or um just when people are like something like uh love holy or blah blah like just talking in a certain way you'd be like eh, all right but then it's like i'm judging them being judgy of whatever and it's just like keep scrolling you know like just don't have the space for that right now um but when you are kind of on that journey of being trying to be more aware of yourself and all those things um, you might be trying to help other people and trying to put things in front of their face um you also might start to feel like well, if I did it, like, why can't they do it? But remember that everybody's timing is so different. And if it took me 30-something years to figure something out or even be aware of a thing and then break it down, like, who knows what the timing might be for somebody else. 
And a lot of times, especially if we're talking about like with relationships, whether friendly or romantic, maybe things can be so much better if there is a space until they get to that point. And maybe in the future, something comes back around or you have a better relationship, a better friendship or whatever, um, because you're not looking at them in kind of a judgmental way or like putting pressure on them to do a certain thing. Um, just like with, uh, kind of religion too. I always wonder like these folks who like stand on the corner with their signs and stuff like, who do you think you're, um, converting with like that type of, uh, tactic? Whereas why not like live the actual life of a healed person or live the life of whatever religion or whatever and let people see like, Oh, what's, you know, what are you doing over there? Like what's, what's going on with you? Um, and then use that time to talk about yourself, what you're doing, what you're learning and let yourself just be an example for other folks. Um, I think if you're approaching it differently, then uh, to me, again, that's just a sign that now it's like, wait, what do I need to heal now if I'm being judgy or self-righteous or worried too much about other people? And I think that those can come from a good place, like the idea that you want to help people. You really love them. You know, your parents, your sister, your brother, whoever, like your cousin, you really love them and you want them to be able to do better or choose better for themselves. But one of the biggest revelations I've ever had in my whole life is like, changing myself and living by example is the best way to help other people. Like I'm actually not here to technically help anybody else. I'm here to figure out my life. And in doing so people see you they they get motivated. Like, man, I used to know Carly back in the day. Like, damn, she did a whole 180. Like, look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> and start inspiring people through the life that you live and the work that you do and the words that you speak. Like, you being yourself and working to heal yourself and figure yourself out and your purpose, like that's the whole goal of this. And so when you're focused there, that's when you're actually able to make the biggest impact. So like I said, even if it's motivated in the right way, like you're still focused on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another, another point to this as well, when it comes to your healing journey, um, I do this so often where it's like, while you're talking, something hit me and now I'm losing track of what I was thinking. Uh, so I'm probably gonna have to come back to it. Okay. I was, I'll go to um, my last one. So I actually had a conversation uh, the other day. Someone sent me a TikTok and it was talking about how nobody talks about, and you know, except us, cause we're talking about it right now. Nobody talks about the loneliness um, and the disconnection that come whenever you really start doing the inner work. I think inner work is hard sometimes because when you do outer work, people can see it like, dang, girl, your body looking good. But when you're doing that inner work, like, you don't really get all those accolades. Nobody can see that you've healed, you know, your generational trauma and that you've been working on all this stuff um, necessarily. And how in that, whenever you do start to heal yourself and really focus on yourself and set boundaries and start to change your relationships, it can be a lonely journey um, at times because, maybe people aren't working on the exact same things or maybe they haven't been there or you're the first one doing it. And so you can start to feel disconnected from people who you've been close to like your whole life. Like, you know, maybe you can't talk to them about the same things and, and it just starts to get tough. But I think there's a lot of beauty in getting to know yourself on that deeper level. And then knowing that as long as you're doing the work that, you know, the right people will come into your life and the relationships that need to grow will grow. The ones that need to fall away will fall away and that everything is aligned. Do you agree with that, though, that the healing journey is lonely? Or is that your experience? Um, it can be lonely. It doesn't have to be, but I think some parts of it are. I have been lonely on it. Um, we talked about in a different facet, but, like, the entrepreneurship journey, like, in the beginning can be a little lonely, too. Like, I think you need is to Is that have, a healing journey, though? No, I said in a different facet. Um, I was comparing. Okay. 
saying that like anytime you're starting to do something that maybe people around you haven't done, it could be lonely. So for example, um, I think about like maybe some of my homies back in Oklahoma who really haven't ever left and like self-care and mindfulness and trauma work and all that stuff isn't an everyday topic kind of like it is here in LA. And so they might feel more alone, not having community or people who are doing that. And so therefore it can feel lonely and, Mm -hmm. or whenever you start to do the work, you start to change. And maybe let's say the people around you aren't doing it. You can start to feel disconnected because maybe you don't do the stuff you used to do. Maybe you're not, you know, going out every weekend or maybe y'all aren't playing golf every weekend and doing these things because you're spending more time. So you can start to feel a disconnect with the person that you once thought you were as that person fades away into like who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my experience, the disconnection part is understandable just because things shift with people in the relationships, which is kind of the basis of the question that this person was asking. But I don't necessarily agree with, for me, I guess, I don't think that it's lonely at all because in my experience, any like aha moments, any self-awareness or whatever is always like an expansion into a different space where you do feel better. You feel more peace. You feel more excited. You're, um, making different decisions, better decisions, hanging out with whoever else. Um, so I, to me, it doesn't necessarily feel lonely. I think that it's just a part of the journey that your relationships can change. Um, and then sometimes it's not, maybe they change um, to where they don't disappear, but you just, you are interacting with people a little bit differently um, in some cases, or because you are not hanging out with certain people as much or whatever, your life feels better and it does feel more fruitful because that's the way that are the, the, the direction that you need to go. Um, so I, I would say like, I wouldn't want to um, push anybody away from like therapy and doing things or them thinking like, Oh man, this is, I'm going to be lonely. Um, because I feel like instead of lonely, I would say it's uncomfortable and the uncomfortable part is because healing means you have to spend time with yourself and you have to look at yourself. So there's a lot of discomfort sometimes with that, um, with that, what you mentioned as far as like who you thought you were, who you are coming to grips with, um, your own issues, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe that can feel, you know, bad or, or it's hard to kind of deal with. Um, but in tackling that with doing things differently, um, I feel like it just opens up a whole new world that should hopefully feel more in tune with you. Um, So I don't know, I feel like life has really gotten so much better with healing because even with the healing, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm more like ready to hop into conflict and more ready to be honest or more ready to uh, have hard conversations or do whatever I need to do um, because it just makes everything better, like very much more quickly than like trying to figure things out and worrying about people, et cetera. Um, So I don't know. I, I think... I, if you look at it kind of like a game after a while, um, knowing that you're going in a direction that's positive for you, then hopefully you are filling in those those gaps of things that fall away with things that are more um, more for you. Yeah, it's absolutely a journey of making space and accepting greater things. Like, I didn't know life could feel this good or that I could love myself this much or have as fulfilling relationships, um, feel as seen. Because you start to actually know who you are and when people, when you know who you are and you can share Mm -hmm. that with other people, like it's so beautiful to feel seen and not feel like you have a mask on or nobody knows the real you. But I will say I definitely have felt lonely on my journey, Um, but it's never been so bad that I've wanted to quit and it's always gotten better. So if you are in the midst of your journey and going through all these struggles, it does get better. 
um, just keep going on that. Yeah, maybe a lot of that is the grief of having to make the decision of, you know, putting boundaries in place with certain people Mm -hmm. um, where you had a different thought of what that was going to turn out to be. Um, So dealing with that. What I was going to say earlier, because I remembered it, was um, a big part of this and a thing to remember is sometimes when it comes to the other folks around us and that we don't think they're doing as much as us or not healing as much or we can clearly, in air quotes, like we clearly see what your issue is, um, which sometimes, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you like like Carly said, you don't know the whole story. Um, but in those situations, to also keep in mind your perspective of what efforts are they doing? Like making sure that when you're looking at folks, you are like noticing and thinking about and praising the things that they are doing that mm-hmm. are uh, a move in the right direction or um, something that is maybe a small piece of their healing journey or a big piece. And you just might not even know. Um, but yeah, like don't stop. Don't. Make sure you're not looking at people and keeping them in a place like where they are and you don't even really know the full story. Um, So, like, if you're not actually having deep conversations with people or talking with them about particular things, then, like, honestly, you really don't even know what's going on at all. Um, So that's something to be aware of, too, in in coming across self-righteous or judgy to other people. um, It's like, yo, what are they doing well and great? And, like, give them their kudos and, and what they need for that. Yeah, and I th- that's that's so important. And earlier you mentioned empathy. My own healing journey and, and unlearning and relearning and all that has given me so much empathy and grace for other people because girl, I need it too. Like, <laughs> give me all the grace. Um, I am definitely, I am erringly, beautifully human. And in that, it's helped me build so much, so much more patience for other people. Um, because their version of doing the work, like Lexi said, you don't know actually what they're doing. So, like, you know, give kudos to what it is because they could be suffering from mental health things and their work might not look like yours. Um, like I said, the biggest example I have of this is like with my mom, like, you know, her asking me for help or her sharing something, those seemingly small and not necessarily, quote unquote, mon- monumental among a journey is big for her. And shout out to her for being brave enough to share with me when I have been judgy in the past. You know, so really looking at yourself first and then trying to carry that same feeling of what you would want others to feel for you whenever you're really struggling through something, I think would help improve all the really important relationships that you want to keep in your life um, that are reciprocal as you're on your journey. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and that is a really good story and example for you to be able to go back to, to think about how um, you doing what you need to do, allow the space for somebody else to figure out, you know, figure out how they can actually grow as well as actually have a good relationship with you. So, I mean, all of this, I think, is about doing what's best for you. And worrying about somebody else is never going to be the best thing for you, um, unless we're talking about a dependent or something like that. Yeah, and ending with a quote that I saw um, actually on Twitter. It's like, uh, most people want to change the world, but nobody wants to change themselves. So as you're on this, make sure you always recenter, refocus on you, how you're feeling, you know, you're setting your boundaries and living the things you need to do and knowing that your life will align around that. Mm-hmm. Exactly how you need it to. Because if you're judging folks, you probably not all the way healed yourself. So you need to always try <laughs> to catch yourself. Like, you know what? What do I What do I need to figure out right now? Mm-hmm. That's all you can do is what do I need to focus on? So refocus on you. Absolutely. Um, send us some stuff so we can have some shout outs for the end of the year. But we'll end with the question of the week. Uh, Lexi, what is an example of a perfect show mm. to you? And if not perfect, close enough. Um, 
I really like Homeland as maybe a perfect show. Um, I forgot how many seasons it has, but I just thought it was like really good, like season to season. Um, nice twists and turns. I love a little uh, political suspense type thing. So that's the one I'm going to go with. Nice. Mine is This Is Us. And I think it's just such a beautifully nuanced, complex, written show where they address real-life issues in a way that doesn't feel like they're forcing it down your throat or just trying to throw it out there to have it. But, like, damn, like, I kind of actually have seen that in my own family. Or, like, man, mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt like that before. Um, and every episode I've, like, cried and laughed on. So, <laughs> chef's yeah, I've kiss. only seen um, an episode here and there, but it's, it does seem like it's that type of show. Like, it is really good. And I don't know what it's called, but I also love when movies and shows, like, they start at an end point and then they like mm-hmm. have a thread that goes throughout like back how they got to it. They do that shit every episode, mm-hmm. like going back to back in time and you see like this crock pot and then it turns into this whole story. And then they like in the episode with the thing, you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like I love <laughs> great writing um, that doesn't have a lot of holes and they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of reflective of what we're talking about today, where it's like, you know, wherever you're at right now and how you're feeling or what you're seeing or your relationships, your job, whatever it's like you can always kind of look back and figure out, like, yeah, what was the journey? Like, how did we get here? And uh, connecting all of those dots and understanding that everything is connected and that from this point forward, um, you can make the decision on where things go next. Yeah, so hit us at Carly's Couch. Shout out to Ashley A. Thank you for the question. If y'all have questions, thoughts for episodes, things you want to hear us talk about, but also um, hit us and let us know what you're going to do this week, uh, you know, to improve your relationships with others or things you've noticed on your own healing journey um, that have helped your relationships. And you might need to apologize to somebody about, you know what, I feel like I've been been hard on you. Because a lot of times, too, you'll notice, like, um, and this is a lot of times a woman type thing, too, where it's like you kind of nag at somebody about something. Um, in a way where it's like you want the best for them or you want them to see something so bad, but it really just makes a person feel like, yeah, I can never do enough or you'll never be happy or whatever. And that can discourage folks. So uh, you may need to also take stock of of somebody you may need to apologize to for kind of not giving them the space to, like, figure it out. Like, a lot of times people heard you. They they heard you and they're not in the place. They don't care or they are working on it, but, like, they don't want to do that shit with you. So, um you know, say what you need to say and let it go. It's not your responsibility to try to teach somebody and like make somebody get a thing. All right, we done because we yeah, gonna keep going. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Peace.